Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. Hello legends, this is the Weekly Wodge. Hashtag this. Interviews, not opinions. That's us, that's here and now. You could listen to Absolute Dribble or you could listen to the superstars of the game offering their thoughts on a range of topics. This episode alone, we've got Abby Corusau, Gordon Tallis, Luciano Leilua, Joel Kane, his Joel brother, Joel Thompson... Connolly Lemuelu, Matt Scott and the great Greg Alexander lined up for you. Exclusive content to Unfiltered for you. We've also got our weekly social media question and your thoughts. Let's rip in, legends. Happy Coruscant has joined us again. Mate, who is your childhood footy hero and why? Uh, I had a... Uh, I didn't watch much footy growing up, but I, um, I always liked... Uh, Matty Bowen, yeah, um, and Scott Prince. They were just the small guys. Um, you know, I've always been the smallest in every team I've been in, and yeah, you know, I just sort of looked up to them and thought if uh, you know the small guys could make it, maybe I could too. So yeah, and their flair of footy, of course. Who did you support as a young fella, mate? Uh, the West Tigers. Yeah, the West Tigers growing up because my uncle, um, he sort of <laughs> yeah made me go for the West Tigers too, I guess. Yeah, you were pushed into it. Yeah, didn't have didn't have a choice really. Now, can you pick the voice? My dream team would be uh, all the guys I watched in the eighty. Oh, it, it'd be it'd be hard to pick. Billy Slater, uh, Gi, um, probably Wendell on one wing. Probably go Mal Meninga, Gene Miles, mm. Wally Laws, Andrew Johns. Seven's always a tough one, isn't it? Too tough. Yeah. Bradley Clyde. Lot. Um, I know Lazo. Lazo would be in the front row with probably Arthur. Yeah. You know, you go Cameron Smith, the back row. Um, so many great players. I'd go Jason Smith. Yep. Jason Smith was a great player. Um it's really hard on probably Paul Arrigan. Probably put someone like Chief back there for the balance. And then, you know, I don't care who's on the bench because you're not replacing that 13. Yeah, they're playing all <laughs> 80 minutes. Yeah. Pretty, oh, mate, that's mate, that's hard on the spot. There's so many great players. You could change every position three times over. Yep. Gordon Tallis with his dream team. 
Are you following us on social media? I hope so. That way you get your say on topics of the week. Upcoming guests, latest news, debates, theories will keep you updated on who and what is coming up on the podcast, plus exclusive offers and free stuff as well. Social media handle, again, a lot of thought has gone into this one. I might sack the marketing department, but we can be found at the Andy Raymond on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Our social media question of the week, who's the one player not regularly in their club 17 you want at your club and why? Here's what some of you had to say. Ibby said, Mitch Kenny or Joey Lussick, both genuine nines, we need a nine. In fact, we just need forwards. Doggies forever. Good call, Ibs. Bertram said... I'm a Manly fan and I'd love to see Anthony Milford outside DCE. Let Daly control the side and the direction, allowing Milf to play eyes up footy with Tommy playing off him. Be better than a visit to Bruce's. Bruce sounds like a tragic. I've got a mate called Bruce. Spells his name with a double O, not a U. He's a tragic, my friend. Love your logic, Bertram. Just love it. Tiger Trip says, assuming this fella is a tiger... Can we have anyone from Melbourne? Don't care what position, what age, what contract size or anything else. Just someone with a winning mindset because we don't have any clue about it. Tiger Trip, uh, if I was CEO or coach of the Tigers, which I am not, I'd be throwing phone book numbers at Dale Finuc and for mine, the best off-contract commodity currently uh, as a player and as a bloke to a leader of culture because... In my view, he just gets it. Whatever number he wants, I'd give it to him. The Tigers need a big scalp. They need a big win on the market. Mama Heidenreich wrote on Insta, and I say she, assuming Mama is female, of course. Mama wrote, we don't need anyone from anywhere else, but can we have Adam Reynolds back, please? He's a rabbito, not a bronco. A sad one, that Mama. I actually thought he'd stay. I honestly did. But I get the feeling something is brewing at South in regards to a replacement. Stay tuned. Finally, Nerd Gravy wrote, Brody Jones is a superstar or will be in 18 months. I know he's just re-signed and that he is often in the night 17, but not every week. He'd be an awesome addition to our edge. Him one side, Britton Akora on the other. There's some footy between them and also a real point of difference. Good stuff, Nerd Gravy. He'd be an absolute beauty, and I love the thought you put into that, mate. Well played, sir. We actually only scratched the surface on the responses, the majority from the Andy Raymond Unfiltered Facebook page. Some really cool, thoughtful comments. We'll do it again soon. Your say on Unfiltered. Playing with your brother, good, bad, or doesn't it matter? Luciano Leilua, what say you? Um, doesn't really matter. I, I love it. Like, like, it's just as, as soon as we jump on the field, is is just my teammates. So, off the field is my brother, but on the field is my teammate. You know, try to treat everyone as the same. Early years, backyard footy. Joey's the older. Did he just bash yeah. you daily, or did he look after his little baby bro? Nah, he did. He, I didn't get to play with BJ until I was probably about like maybe like seven, eight, nine, because he was always because he, he's five years older than me. Yep. So um, no, nah, he was still he was he was having a go at me like he yeah 
all the cousins, yeah, all their age, yeah, they would have a go at us. So um, there was no other way <laughs> because everyone wants to win. So that was that's how it was when we were growing up. Who looks after who on the field? Do you look after BJ? Does he look after you, or is it every man for himself? Nah, he, well, we sort of back back and forth. So yeah. he would look after me, you know, back and forth. I'm, I'll try and you know try and calm him down as much as possible. But when once he sees red, that I think that's it. <laughs> Together at the Tigers for 12 months, possibly playing side-by-side yep. side this year. Mate, that's pretty yep. cool, not just for you guys, but for the family. Oh, 100%. It's, gonna, it's, it's actually got to be great. And hopefully with, with all the COVID stuff, hopefully the, our family and that can come down. So that would be like probably the special thing because um, they didn't really get to come see at any games yep. early this year. Oh, last year, sorry. Thanks for dropping in, Luch. We'll chat again soon. Beautiful. Thank you. Time now for the legend, Joel Kane. Uh, I think the favourite game for me, Andy, is probably a game, I, I don't recall the year, I'm guessing it's probably 2016 or 2015, something like that, and the Newcastle Knights have uh, have had the ball, lost their opportunity. I reckon there's about two and a half minutes to go. They're playing the all-conquering Melbourne Storm. Storm have the ball a metre out from their own goal line. They lead by 10, and there's two minutes to go. Uh Lose the ball, score under the post, shift, 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 shift. Uh, score on the bell for their second try. Kurt Gidley from the touchline. Uh, I think I used the term pressure. Some eat it, some get eaten by it. And Gidley yep. just went bang, nailed it over from the sideline. They, it was one of the most remarkable escapes I've ever seen. Joel, I remember the game. It was a Monday night. It was yeah. Fox Sports, so I was on the sideline. And it was the fourth leg of a multi for the Melbourne Storm <laughs> to win. They no. they lost the unlosable and admit amidst the uh, Newcastle celebrations immediately after Kirk Gidley kicked that goal. <laughs> I had to go in on live television That's with a right. microphone and interview right. Kirk Gidley and pretend this is wonderful when it's just cost me a couple of k. Griffin Air Conditioning, the best of the best, servicing the Sydney metro area for both domestic. And commercial air conditioning installations and maintenance, they've got it all. And Galaxy Finance, for all your financial needs, concerns or questions. If you've got a worry, any issues or just need some clarity, call them now. Both companies are offering specials for unfiltered listeners. Contact them, tell them you heard about them on the Unfiltered Podcast. They will sort you 100%. Their contact details are on our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Check them out there with direct links. They're the best and the best at what they do, and they're here to look after unfiltered listeners. If you'd like to be part of the unfiltered team, get in touch. Go to the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Hit the sponsorship tab. We've got several different levels of sponsorship that cater to all levels of business and budget. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. The Legend Series, I love it. I hope you do too. You know at any time you can go back and listen to a Legend Series interview? Actually, any of our podcasts. All of them are timeless. So it actually doesn't matter when you listen to them. And even though you may not have heard them when they first came out, they're timeless, they won't date, and they will make sense. They're ready for you for when you're ready.
Next week on the Legends Series, the great Greg Brandy Alexander. You know, you couldn't help but admire Sterling, Kenny, Ella, Growth, Cronin. Uh, and so I, I sort of, as, as a schoolboy, fell in love with the, that Parramatta side and uh, got an invitation from Jack Gibson. And I don't know how it actually came around, but I think someone rang the school from Parramatta and invited me down to train. So I remember going down to Granville Park where the, the Eels were training because Cumberland had been burnt down and uh, Parramatta Stadium still hadn't been built. So they're training at Granville. And uh, I remember running around like it was like it was really an out of body experience. Um, Schoolboy running around with uh, Steve Eller and Brett Kenny, and Steve Steve Eller had seen me, and and those that those Parramatta players that had played in the Origin game in '83, uh, I played in the under 18s New South Wales side, and um, I remember Steve Eller sort of talking to me as we were jogging around Granville Oval. Um, you know, how impressed he was with me in that game and I thought it was just the best thing ever. Um, and I did go and talk to Dennis Fitzgerald when I finished school uh, in 83, but I think I was just going because, you know, it was such a big thing, Dennis Fitzgerald asking me to come along and have a chat about you know, possibly playing for the Eels. I was never going to do it, but I certainly enjoyed the attention uh, for that for that period. If you missed it, let's wind the clock all the way back to episode six. Cowboy, maroon and kangaroo legend, the freckly-faced kid from Ilfracombe, Matt Scott. August 18, 2019, your world as you knew it came to a a shuddering halt. You suffered a stroke. And I know as an ex-front rower you're going to say it was only minor. It's still a stroke, Matty. What happened? Can you run us through the timeline here? Yeah. Um, so we we played Newcastle as it was, pretty poorly. Didn't play well, but we had uh, we had a few of the sponsors and um, um, members down to to watch us play. So yep. we'd, we'd gone out for dinner after, and we'd had a few drinks and had dinner. Um, you know, got home at a Half decent hour. I remember getting home. We got a pie on the way back. Yeah. Me and um, Scotty Bolton stayed up and watched a bit of cricket. Uh, fell asleep and woke up early. You know, probably an hour before I had my alarm set. Uh, don't know what woke me up, and um, sort of jumped out of bed and I felt pretty dust, pretty pretty hungover. I yep. thought I was really hungover, and, and I thought I, I didn't drink enough to feel like this. Yeah. So I, mean, I had a had a shower. Chucked the, um, some boardies on and I, was, I went down to the beach for a swim. And as I'm walking down to the beach, um, I, I, was, I couldn't walk straight, which, you know, that's the first key probably. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't bad enough that um, that I was. I really thought something was wrong here. Yeah. I just thought, geez, that's odd. I yep. must really be hungover. And went for a swim on my own. Newcastle um, went up uh, to a cafe on the beach and had a coffee and breakfast. You know, trying to trying to get this hangover sorted. Yeah, nothing was working. Went up to the room and um, threw up. I never throw up. I've been in a few states over the yeah. years, and I don't really. It's not something I really do. Threw up. I thought, geez, that's weird. So anyway, we got dressed, uh, packed my bag, jumped on the bus, and 
And you haven't said anything to anyone at this no, stage? No, Bolts knew that I was a bit – he was sort of laughing because you know, he doesn't you – know, he knows that I don't really get hungover. Yeah. So he sort of thought it was a bit odd but yeah. didn't think anything of it. And then I sit up at the front of the bus and um, John O's behind me. Uh, Josh Hannay's across from me actually. And um, we start moving and uh, I was just – going to throw up again so mm. I couldn't stop myself grabbed a bag out of my bag and started throwing up and I was threw up all the way to the hospital and you know a few of the boys and, and Josh were laughing at me mm. thinking geez he's he's hung over here got to the airport nothing changed I was nauseous um dizzy the room was spinning um uh spoke to the doc doc didn't really know what was wrong he thought I might have taken something accidentally or yep um you know I was on some painkillers at the the time too because my I was playing with a dislocated shoulder Jeez. so uh, he was like did you take too many painkillers yeah. and is it re- so so no one really knew uh, got on the plane and um, pretty much threw up all the way to Brisbane might have passed out for a little bit uh, remember getting up to walk off the the plane and I just was bumping into the seats the whole way down and Scotty Bolton's walking behind me holding me by the backpack to keep me upright. Got off the plane and um, couldn't walk, so they had to get a, um, a wheelchair. No one, still, no one knew what was happening. Um, got an ambulance to emergency at a hospital. I can't remember in Brisbane. Went through the same thing. The doctor looking over me. No one sort of knew what was wrong. I couldn't stop throwing up. I f- couldn't open my eyes because I was so dizzy and sick. Um, and the doc there thought I'd taking some drugs or, yeah, you know, he's just asking me. So got all the tests done, nothing came back. It wasn't until the next day I went and had an MRI on my, my brain and they found the, um, the the spot where I'd had a stroke. It's as candid and as emotional an interview as we've done on the Unfiltered podcast. That's Matty Scott, The Great Thumper, Episode 6, certainly one you can't miss. One of the great breeding grounds for the NRL is the Keeper Park School on the Gold Coast. From the 2009 school side, eight guys went on to play in the NRL, eight out of that one year. The 2016 team was also as good, if not better. And in round seven of 2020, Connolly Lemuelu made his debut for the North Queensland Cowboys. He became the sixth player from that side to play NRL footy. Connolly has dropped in again. Mate, who were the five guys that beat you to debut from that school side? Yeah, so um, we had the likes of uh, Payne Hass, David Fafida, Maki Foruaika, um, Thomas Mikaele, and Tanner Boyd. So those boys debuted before me. Man, that is a hell of a lineup for a school side. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. And even after I debuted, um, Jackson Paulo also played. Yep. He was also a part of our team at the Rabbitohs. So, yeah, we had a pretty decent side on um, on paper. I don't know how we didn't take out the competition, but, yeah, yeah. that was a pretty good team. That's one you're going to look back on and go, ah, we missed it. Yeah. Um, mate, that is a beast of a forward pack. Who was the standout in that year? Yeah, um, I think Payne. Payne was, um, you know, he's... He, He's pretty big now, but you could imagine how big he was. He hasn't really changed much. <laughs> he, he was always big when we were younger, so he was towering over everyone else on all the other teams. So Payne was a real standout. You know, his fitness, he's a freak, and then he's a freak on the field as well. So, yeah, probably Payne has stood out. 
Tanner Boyd, I watched him and I think I called him as a schoolboy too. I thought he was brilliant. What do you remember of playing with Tanner? Yeah, Tanner's just a real eyes up um, eyes up player. Yeah. So whatever he sees in front of him, he just takes it on, takes it with both hands. And, um, you know, he, he, he's got a lot of good chat in him as well. So when everything's going wrong, you know, he can always depend on Tanner to talk and um, get something out of everyone just by the way just by his chat. So, yeah, Tanner's a really good leader in that sense. Saying he likes a chat, he's just like any other typical halfback. He's a cheeky little bastard who doesn't shut up. Yeah, that's it. Mate, (laughs) on to you. You played a few positions in that side, I think, mostly fullback though. Yep. Yeah, I played played fullback that um, that year with that team. Um, I remember, so the year before when I first moved over, I I started off in in the back row. So I played in the back row. So I wore number eleven that year, and then the next year I took one of one of those digits off, and then just ended up with the number one. So, yeah, we got to remember too. You played rugby union as a junior, so this is like your first and second year of rugby league only. Yeah, yeah. So I was still pretty fresh. I'm still trying to find what position um, that that was made for me. That's um, accustomed to me, yeah. and um, I enjoyed playing fullback that year. It was um, yeah, it was really good. You guys played Westfields and lost in the final. I think you scored two good tries. Who was in that Westfield side that we might know? Yeah, so um, that Westfield side had um, Brandon Wakeham, who's at the Bulldogs yep. now, and um, Sean Kepi was also in that side, yep. um, Manly boy. And, um, yeah, I think those were the two that they had. I'm not sure if they've had any other boys. Oh, and um, Matt Dury, sorry. Gotcha. Oh, sorry, Matt Dury and Jake Avarillo. Also, the two um, Bulldogs as well. So, yeah, they had four on that team, I think. Yeah. A lot of Bulldogs in there. Okay, I've got to ask you, out of the guys in your footy side, who was the best student? Uh, I don't like to blow my own horn, but probably myself. Yeah, good, man. I was pretty, yeah, yeah. I was pretty good in, um, in school. I, I, I enjoyed it, um, the academic side of it, as well as the um, sporting side. So, yeah, I, I excelled in my schoolwork and um, – yeah, so I thought I was a pretty good student. All the teachers loved me as well. Good man. Okay, time to dump on someone. Of that group, who was the worst student? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say he's the worst student, but he just didn't turn up to school. Um, Milwaukee for the wake up. <laughs> yeah, he just was barely at school. Only uh, he lived a fair way out, so he'd only come in for sport for footy most days. Um. Nah, but he's done well for himself. Yeah. Got his origin debut this year. So, nah, yeah, probably Milwaukee. Uh, he didn't turn up to school that much, yeah. Good on <laughs> you, Maui. Thanks for dropping in, Connolly. Good luck in 2021, legend. One of the great parts of kids or young men in sport is the discipline and drive it provides. Now, boxing often gets a shit review by many, but the number of young boys on the wrong track in life early that have been saved by the attributes boxing training can and does provide is huge. Our guest, by his own admission, didn't have the most normal or stable of upbringings, but he has matured into a wonderful young man with values and with real purpose. Joel Thompson, how much of that is put down to this great sport of rugby league and what it teaches you off the field? Oh, mate, everything. I wouldn't be the only rugby league player, obviously, that have different challenges. Yep. Um, yeah, I've spoken about them before, uh, spoken about them just so they can inspire 
the next 14-year-old kid that might be going through the same thing to say, hey, I can do it. And there's so many players through the NRL. Yeah. You know, they go through different adversity. But rugby league did give me everything. Um, you know, my nan put me into boarding school at Red Bank Catholic College in Forbes. And uh, the people there really um, helped me grow so much. Uh, they really stuck by me. Uh, I started playing rugby league, uh, the discipline around rugby league, behaving myself at school because I wouldn't be able to go and train yeah. Uh, yeah. or play football games. So, you know, I had the total line at training at, at school, sorry. Um, but, you know, it really did help start, um, you know, to where I am now. You know, it was the start of a bit of a journey, a bit of a rocky road. But, um, you know, rugby league gave me everything and I'm very grateful for that. How important is it? for a professional footballer or professional sportsman to set the example and use their position and their experiences as a positive influence to kids because it's something that you do a heap of work with. Yeah, on that. um, Yeah, it is really important. And again, I've never got it right. Like I'm, and people could be listening saying, hey, he's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it is true. Like I'm not a perfect guy, but I've always felt like it's important. Um, I didn't hear enough of success stories or, um, to be inspired and to try and, you know, achieve something because, you know, it wasn't only long ago, you know, where I had my head injury from from drinking too much and I've had a battle with, you know, probably taking things to the extreme over that period and I'd go out and do talks and I'd never sit well with me. I'm like, why am I doing this? And my wife would remind me, it's, it's not about you and how you, you, you know that this is inspiring and helping so many others. Like, you should be continuing to do that. And I said, yeah, but you know, I'm going out there and I'm going to have a drink and doing this and that, you know, I'm contradicting. She goes, you need to think about others before yourself and correct your own behaviour. And um, that's something that I sort of, um, you know, I look back on now and, you know, she was my greatest supporter. She's the one that sort of pushed me into doing that more, um, to go out there and help others. And, um, you know, I've sort of stepped back from that now. Um, I sort of went, I've sort of living in the past and doing too much. I'm still one step away from helping people where I can, but um, I'm going to start a new journey. I learned a new word last night, actually, diversify. I think yeah. I get that right. Yep. Um, my skills. So I've been doing some sort of same. I want to go back into study and challenge myself in, a, in something that I want to do post footy. And But I'll still always be there to help any community group. Um, you know, any kid that would want to yarn or any way like that, I feel like that's really important to do that and something that's I've done over my career. For a young fella, what advice would you give? Actually, I'll word it differently. What advice would a 32-year-old Joel Thompson give the 16 or 17-year-old version of himself? Um, well, um, again, <laughs> yeah. So much advice. Yeah. Um, I've got enough time with you. But yeah, um, a lot of advice. Again, separate, um, really identify those people who are truly there to care for you and want the best from you. Um, you know, grab those people and, and, and keep them tight. Yep. You know, keep hold of those people, keep those relationships healthy, you know, stay in contact with them, build those, keep the good people around you. Um, you know, the good time, the people that want to have a drink and, and take you to places and, you know, which I was always like, you know, yeah, let's go, let's do yeah. it. But it, what probably wasn't the best, I needed some listen to the people that really did care for me. Um, yep. You know, that was probably a bit of advice. Um, another thing to even go back into being an athlete for young footballers out there, you know, just tick every box. Footy goes really quick. I'm yeah. sitting at 32 now. You know, I started back 
made my debut in 2008. And, um, you know, looking back, I just, you know, I'm not saying I wasn't the most talented footballer. Yeah, I'd play football, I'd play hard, you know, everything else. But I really do wish I, I um, trained a little bit harder. I was yep. a bit more professional. Um, I didn't take it for granted, you know, and um, I go back that and I say to young guys whenever I can now, um, you know, give it everything you've got, you know. Um, don't sit back at my age and go, oh, I wish I trained this a little bit harder. I wish I didn't do this. I wish, you know, don't do that. You know, make sure you, you own your shit. You know, you go there, you, you do everything you can because there's people out there across, you know, thousands of kids out there that don't get to be in that position, mm-hmm. you know. So just it would be um, it would be sort of um, thrown in their face if you didn't give it your all, you know, because there would be people there out there that would die to be in that position. So, you know, just on both of those probably things, I, I'd probably look back and give myself a bit more advice on that and live by a bit more. Great words, mate. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, please go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. If you don't, I'll send my mother-in-law to your place for the weekend. And trust me, you don't want that. It's that easy to win. The winner of this week's Unfiltered Series 1 Trucker's Hat is... The Colin, hashtag 68. He wrote, I just want more. More legends, more wodge, more specials, more podcasts. I've only recently found Unfiltered. It's the greatest footy podcast out there, bar none. Your guest list is the Ants Pants. Great work, mate. Appreciate your kind words, legend. You win the cap this week, and thank you for your Apple review. If you'd like to win one of the caps, simply leave a review on the app you're currently listening on, and it could be you next week. Make the review stand out. Make us laugh. That's me for this week. I'm thirsty. I want to smash a six-pack and then get serious about it. But drink responsibly, gamble responsibly, don't smoke, and stay away from the naughty women. But most importantly, ignore everything I just said. Have a cracking week, legends. Catch you next time.